Hello friends, Tom here. From wherever you are tuning in, I want to welcome you. It is crazy to think that this is the second Sunday in March. We're already there. Uh, the reason I bring up the second Sunday in March is because last year, 2020, on the, uh, the second Sunday in March, it was the last time that we have gathered together in person. So we are quickly approaching the one-year anniversary of not being able to gather together. <clears throat> now, today, before I jump into the passage, I want to share a bit of an update with you. Uh, as you know, for the past several months, we as, as a staff, and, and even, even many of you, have, have we've been actively I mean, working hard at trying to secure a gathering space uh, for Sunday mornings. And we've we historically met at Margarita Middle School. We love our relationship with the school, love the space that they've historically let us use. And one of the challenges has been with the Temecula Valley Unified School District is um, the, 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 the lack of availability to really anything facility related. <clears throat> we've talked to them about, you know, even meeting on the field and doing outdoor things, and that hasn't been an option for us. So we've, I mean, we've fasted together as a church for gathering space. We've prayed together as a church for gathering space. We've called, we've I mean, we've sought out every option we could possibly think of, <clears throat> in addition to you know, schools and stuff. And recently we got word that the Marietta Valley Unified School District was potentially open to churches using um, uh, their facilities outdoors. And so we investigated that, and we actually found out um, that not only would they be open to us using their facilities outdoors, but they would be open to us using their facilities indoors even. Uh, I'm excited to share with you that we are like com coming down the home stretch of securing a gathering space with a school in the Marietta Valley Unified School District. Um, the only thing that we're waiting on to finalize things is they have to val like to validate and and, uh, and sign off on our insurance. Okay, so here's what that would mean: uh, if all things go smoothly, which we should find out in the next literally like any day now, like to be finalized, is that March 28th, Sunday morning. The weekend before Easter, we would be able to gather at Warm Springs Middle School, which is literally on the border of Marietta and Temecula. It's on Date Street right there, which Date Street is the borderline <clears throat> between Marietta and Temecula. And so the, this is like incredible news, okay? We've been, like I said, we've been seeking and praying and fasting and asking God. And it, it looks like we're, I mean, we're this close, guys. And so I want to put that in front of you to just kind of pray that we'd be able to kind of push the ball across the goal line and finalize this. But the staff's working really, really, really hard um, figuring out all the logistics with this. But as soon as we get the green light and they sign off on our insurance, it looks like we'll be good to go as soon as March 28th, the weekend before Easter. And I got to be honest with you, I've been praying like every single day, God, just give us a space before Easter. I don't want to miss another Easter Sunday together. And guys, it looks like we're going to be able to gather together, um, not just on Easter, but on the weekend prior on March 28th. And here's one of the cool things about this, the situation there, is that it's going to accommodate us. Uh, so what it's going to allow us to do is it's going to allow us to be able to meet indoors for those who are comfortable meeting indoors, as well as um, a space outdoors for those who would prefer to be socially distanced and outdoors. Okay, so we're going to do everything we possibly can to accommodate you uh, wherever you fall in that spectrum, okay? <clears throat> Still a lot of work to be done, like I said, so we're going to do like a kind of an all-hands-on-deck call to, to logistically 
um, uh, take care of the things that we need to take care of. So you'll be hearing from the staff very soon with more info, but I wanted to put that in front of you to ask you to pray uh, that they would finalize our insurance and we'd be good to go and for you to mark your calendars for Sunday, March 28th. Uh, I'm so, so excited about this, guys. God really is so faithful to us. It's amazing. Now, that aside, today we are jumping back into our series, Jesus Is, where we're exploring through the Gospel of John. We're in John chapter 18 today. This is a famous passage, okay? And to set up our time before I jump into the scriptures, I kind of want to bring us up to speed, right? Like, this is the final night of Jesus's life. Okay, this is like the climax uh, of the story. Final night of Jesus's life. This is hours before the cross. This is the famous story of Peter's denial. Okay, maybe you have heard this story before. I know many of you have. But what's interesting is I was studying this story that I've read dozens of times. As I was studying it this week, something profound that I've never noticed before jumped out at me. And I'm excited to share that with you right now. Before I jump into the passage, I just want to pray for our time. So wherever you are tuning in, will you join me in prayer? Father, I want to start by saying thank you for the ways that you watch over us and care for us and provide for us. I just want to ask, Lord, that you really would um, uh, secure this gathering space for us on Sundays. But for right now, all that aside, I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would reinforce how trustworthy you are, God. That even when we're confronted with things, whether it's in your word or in our life, that at first glance kind of unsettle us, I pray, Lord, that we'd be, we'd be a people who are, I don't know, grounded in your faithfulness, your unchanging, unwavering faithfulness and loyalty to your glory and our good as your children. So Holy Spirit, would you help me right now? Honor you, honor your word, honor the people tuning in. Um, I don't want to get in the way of what you want to accomplish, Father. So use me, bless us. And teach us, Holy Spirit, point us to Jesus. We need you and we love you. Amen. Okay, so uh, really quick before we jump into this passage in John 18, it's important for us to read a couple verses from John chapter 13, okay? So this is, I know it's chapter 13 to chapter 18, that, that seems like a big gap, but this is the same exact day. Okay, this is just earlier on in the day, and when I start reading it, you'll understand why we're reading it. But John chapter 13, we're going to start in before we get into our main passage in John chapter 18, okay? Starting in verse 36 in John 13, it says this, Lord, Simon Peter said to him, the hymn there is Jesus, so Peter's talking to Jesus. He says, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Lord, Peter asks, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Verse 38, Jesus replied, will you lay down your life for me? Truly I tell you, a rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. Okay, so in other words, Jesus tells Peter, before the sun comes up tomorrow morning, you're going to deny me not once, not twice, but three times, okay? Peter has this zeal and this passion for Jesus, and those are amazing things, but what Peter doesn't really have that much of is awareness, 
Okay, he doesn't have the most accurate awareness of what he's truly devoted to. He thinks, Jesus, I'd lay down my life for you. And Jesus is like, Peter, will you lay down your life for me? Before the sunrise tomorrow, you're going to deny me three times. Okay, and then what we're going to do is now we're going to fast forward several hours. Okay, same day from John chapter 13, but a different time of the day. In John chapter 18 right now, it's the middle of the night. Okay, Jesus and his disciples, they've just been betrayed by Judas. And, you know, this, this group of, of Jewish and Roman officials, they come to arrest Jesus. And if you remember the story, you know, Peter grabs a sword and, and cuts off one of the soldier's ears. And in, in Luke's uh, gospel account, he, he talks about how Jesus actually, like, heals the soldier's ear and tells Peter, hey, put the sword away, right? And he, he, uh, Jesus looks to the, the soldiers and the Jewish leaders that have come to arrest him. He says, hey, if, if you've come for me, I'm right here. Just, just let these men go. Let his disciples, let them go. And so they do. They, they, they tie Jesus up and they take him away. That's where we pick up right here in John chapter 18, okay? Now listen, as we read this passage, I want you to do something. I want you to consider two things as we read this. I want you to consider what Peter does, and I want you to consider what Jesus does. Okay, let's jump in here. John chapter 18, starting in verse 15. I'm going to read a little bit, talk a little bit, read a little bit, okay? Verse 15. Again, they're taking Jesus away. Simon Peter was following Jesus, as was another disciple. Most scholars think this is John, you know, the guy who wrote this. As was another disciple. That disciple was an acquaintance of the high priest. So he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. Okay, get the picture here. High priest's house in the middle has a courtyard. They're going there. Okay, verse 16. But Peter remained standing outside by the door. So the other disciple... The one known to the high priest went out and spoke to the girl who was the doorkeeper and brought Peter in. Verse 17, Then the servant girl who was the doorkeeper said to Peter, You aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? I am not, he said. Now the servants and the officials had made a charcoal fire because it was cold. They were standing there warming themselves and Peter was standing with them warming himself. Okay, pause for just a moment. You get, the, you get the picture here, right? Peter and another disciple followed Jesus and the group that had arrested him back to the high priest's house. One of the disciples, the one that's with Peter, he kind of hooks Peter up, gets him behind the velvet ropes and into the courtyard. And in the process of all that, the girl who was guarding the door says to Peter, like, you're you aren't one of his disciples too, are you? Are you one of Jesus' disciples? And Peter says, I'm not. And he denies Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Put yourself in the story for just a second. All things considered, what would you do in Peter's situation? How would you respond? How would you act? Peter, he denies being a disciple of Jesus. Um, earlier this week, actually last week. It was, a, it was a busy week for me. It was a busy week for my wife, for my family. And as you know, when your household has a busy week, things tend to kind of fall through the cracks and it can become a little more stressful than normal and a little more hectic than normal. That was last week for me and my family. And uh, I had asked my wife, I said, hey, like I've, 
we were, I'm out of clothes. Like, it's been so crazy. We haven't even done laundry. Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you make sure to just do like a load of my laundry? And she said, yes. And a couple days went by and uh, I asked her, say, hey, were you able to do some of my laundry? And Eb's like, oh, you know what? I, I wasn't. It's been so crazy. And in that moment, I like, I started to get like angry. Started to feel like, God, I don't even matter to you. I, you won't even help me with something as simple as doing a load of my laundry when it's so crazy. And my mind started going there. And the next thing I knew, like bitterness started to rise up in me. And it wasn't just in that moment. It started to kind of like, I don't know, it started to carry it throughout the rest of the day. And the next thing I knew, I'm like, I have this bitterness towards my wife and this unforgiveness towards her. Jesus says a lot about forgiveness in his teachings. And one of the main things that Jesus talks about in forgiveness is he says, hey, forgive as I have forgiven you. And think about this for a minute. Like, I consider my life, like, Jesus has been so forgiving to me. The ways that I have rejected him, the ways that I've sinned against him and sinned against others, and yet he has forgiven me. And he's demonstrated that forgiveness with his body and his blood. And yet, I'm harboring bitterness and unforgiveness towards my wife because she wasn't able to do my laundry? She had a busy week too. I, a recipient of a massive, massive infinite amount of forgiveness from Jesus himself, am not extending that same forgiveness onto my wife. Listen, I didn't like deny Jesus with my words. I didn't say, no, I'm not a follower of Jesus, but I clearly denied following him with my actions. Friends, listen to me. Every single day of your life, life is gonna ask you the very same question that this girl asks Peter. You aren't one of Jesus' disciples too, are you? And listen, your actions and response, they speak much louder than your words. Friends, our disobedience to God, it is a denial of discipleship. I'm going to say that again. Our disobedience to God, it is a denial of discipleship to Him. Okay, so here's what I don't want to do. I don't want us to like distance ourselves from Peter in this story as though we're different. Uh-uh. The truth is we are just as guilty as Peter. We deny Jesus with our actions all the time. It might not be like that flat-out denial with our words, but with our actions, it's so clear. Okay, I want to pick back up here in verse 19. Here's what's happening, okay? We, we, just, just, we just read this, this, uh, this depiction of Peter in the courtyard denying Jesus the first time, right? If you've ever seen a movie where like the camera cuts to another scene, that's what's about to happen here. And it's another scene where it's actually indoors with Jesus. So it's going to go from out, the camera's going to go from outdoor with Peter and the first denial around the fire to indoor with Jesus at the, at the exact same time. Okay, it's happening simultaneously. So the camera's going to cut to Jesus indoors here in verse 19. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. 
Verse 20, I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus answered him. I have always taught in the synagogue and in the temple where all the Jews gather, and I haven't spoken anything in secret. Why do you question me? Question those who heard what I told them. Look, they know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officials standing by slapped Jesus, saying, Is this the way you answer the high priest? Pause again for just a moment. Listen, these are the highest ranking religious leaders, okay? And and, and not only are they questioning God in the flesh, Jesus, but did you notice their response to his answer? They slap him in the face. If anyone should know better, it's these guys. And listen, again, I'm no better than them. It's easy to read this and go, whoa, like that's just out of control. Like they're questioning God and then they slap him in the face. I am no better than these men and neither are you. I questioned God a lot last year. A lot. In my heart, I'm just as arrogant as these guys. And I I, I question God because just like these guys, I don't like it when things aren't going the way that I want them to. Okay? I question God when I value control more than I value Him. And listen, maybe I'm not the only one. Maybe you can relate to that. Let's keep going. Verse 23. This is Jesus speaking. If I have spoken wrongly, Jesus answered him, give evidence about the wrong. But if rightly, why do you hit me? Then Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Okay, really quickly. This is a clear rebuke here from Jesus. Okay? And what it does is it exposes these religious leaders and it exposes their hypocrisy. Okay? The way that they're treating Jesus here is completely illegal. All right? Like, they're violating their own Jewish laws and customs here. All right? They they arrest him before a formal accusation is even made. Okay? They do it in secret in the middle of the night. And get this. The very people who are to judge him are the ones arresting him. Okay, like it's a full-on conspiracy going on here. Okay, imagine if like a, a group of Marines, which would be like Roman soldiers, right? Uh, a, a judge, a, like a Supreme Court judge even, and, and the jury all showed up at your door and took you away in handcuffs. They plotted together to do that. Like this whole ordeal is wrong by their own standards. Okay, his arrest, the questioning, the violence, all of it. Jesus' response to them is a rebuke. But listen to how he does it again. Verse 23, if I have spoken wrongly, give evidence about the wrong. But if rightly, why do you hit me? 
You see, friends, Jesus has a way of confronting us with what's true about us. Just like Peter, right? He didn't have the most accurate awareness of his devotion, of himself, his devotion to God and stuff, right? Like his true level of devotion to God. Jesus, I die for you. Jesus is like, dude, you're going to deny me. Just like Peter didn't have the most accurate awareness of himself, neither did these guys. See, what Jesus does here with Peter is very similar to what he's doing here with these religious leaders. He's holding up a mirror. He's holding up a mirror. Okay? Peter, you, you say you die for me, but before the sun comes up tomorrow, you're going to deny me, not once, not twice, but three times. These religious leaders, you, you say you're devoted to God and his ways, and yet you're willfully breaking God's laws. He holds up the mirror to both Peter and these religious leaders, friends. Jesus does the same thing with us. He does the same thing with you and he does the same thing with me. I mean, listen, if you've ever come in contact with Jesus, you know it's only a matter of time until he holds up the mirror, man. So he goes, hey, this is really what's going on with you. And listen, when that happens, many of you have experienced this. When that happens, you don't always like what you see. The reflection staring back at you isn't always as accurate in your mind as you think it's going to be. Oftentimes, it's not pretty what we see. And when that happens, listen, when that happens, you will respond in one of two ways. Either with pride, like the religious leaders do, or with humility. Oh, wow. That's really what's going on with me. Pride or humility. And listen, it's, it's, it's in that humble place, right? That you can actually receive and experience God's grace. And it's how we respond when Jesus holds up the mirror and goes, here's, a, here's an accurate depiction of you. How we respond when we see that reflection in the mirror Guys, pride or humility, that influences how you live your life. It's a big deal. Either the way of Jesus, humility, receiving God's grace, because you need it, you need his forgiveness, or pride and the rejection of God and his ways, because you just don't need the grace. So you take matters into your own hands. You control the story. All right, I want to finish off this passage here. The camera cut from, you know, outside with, with Peter. Simultaneously, what's going on with Jesus inside is going to cut back outside now to Peter. Again, all happening at the same time. Verse 25. Now, Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They said to him, you aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the high priest's servants a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off said, Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Peter denied it again, and immediately a rooster crowed. Just like Jesus said would happen, Peter denies Jesus not once, not twice, but three times before the rooster crowed. 
Okay, I wanna, I wanna close with one more thought. One more thing I want you to see, okay? And I never noticed this before. I've read this passage so many times. I've never noticed this before. The religious leaders, right? <clears throat> They're questioning Jesus about two things. Did you catch what they were? Look back at verse 19. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Two things, his disciples and his teaching. Yet Jesus only answers them about one thing. Do you see what Jesus is doing here? Do you see what he's doing? He's, he's steering, okay? He, he's, he's, he's directing, he's steering all the evil and violent attention away from the disciples and where? Onto himself. He's protecting them. And this includes Peter. Like the one he knew would deny him. Literally, friends, while Peter is outside denying Jesus, Jesus is inside protecting Peter. There it is. There's the gospel. The grace of God on display. You want to know what God is like? Look at this story. Okay, Jesus is protecting the very one who is denying him. He's protecting Peter, right? He's, he's loving Peter. He's on his way to be crucified for Peter. And not just for Peter, but for you and for me. That's who Jesus is, friends. Like, one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, Romans 5, verse 8, says, but God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were outside denying Jesus, Jesus was inside protecting us. Do you see it? So maybe you find yourself in a season where your discipleship to Jesus has been less than perfect recently. Okay, maybe, maybe you have missed the mark in some big ways, or maybe even just some small ways. Listen to me. Even when you are at your worst, like Peter is in this story, even when you're at your worst, the grace of Jesus is for you. It remains when he holds up the mirror to show you what's really going on with you. Listen to me. It's not to condemn you. It is not to condemn you. It's to humble you so that you can see and experience his grace and his love. That while we were outside denying Jesus, Jesus was inside protecting us. And he's still doing it every day, interceding on your behalf. It's grace. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In your worst moment, friend, Jesus pours out his love. It's the greatest thing ever. It's the gospel. I hope this comforts you as much as it comforts me. That God himself, knowing your sin, knowing when you will sin, 
his love for you, his faithfulness for you, the protection over your life doesn't waver an inch. Let this story, let it personalize it, please. It's not just for Peter. It's for you and it's for me. Let's pray. God, thank you for your unwavering faithfulness to us that even when we deny you, you are still dead set on protecting us from sin, from Satan, from death. And how do you do it? You direct all the blame onto yourself, the innocent one. You take all the punishment onto yourself, all the evil, all the violence, all of it. You absorb it. You are the sacrificial lamb in our place and you did it because you love us. Please, God, don't let us ever be people who move on from your gospel. That your grace and your love and your forgiveness is always available to us. And let that just, oh man, let it motivate our hearts to live lives of worshiping you, of enjoying you, of obeying you, and of following in your footsteps to operate just like you, Jesus. To not give other people what we think they deserve but to be men and women of grace in the same way we've received it from you, Jesus. Let us be men and women who live it and extend it to the world around us. We love you. We praise you, Jesus. And it's your name that we pray. Amen. Friends, I love you dearly. Um, As I was praying right now, I did feel like the Spirit highlighted something specific. Um, In the same way, that these religious leaders were doing things kind of in secret at night. And they were, they, were, they were violating their own moral code, their own laws and customs. I feel like I was highlighting that just now. So if when I say that, something, an alarm bell in your heart and in your mind goes off, I feel like God highlighted that because he wants you to receive his grace and forgiveness. And it will empower you to live a different way. And maybe right now will be a really, really great time to respond to that grace that's available to you and to me and to everybody else by praising him because he's worthy. The band's going to take a moment right now. They're going to they're gonna lead us in a time of praise where we respond to God for his grace, for his goodness, for his faithfulness to us at all times. Even when we're outside denying him, he's inside protecting us. I love you guys dearly. Grace and peace to you. Enjoy Jesus.